So we sat there for two hours, me smoking, you starving. Hello, welcome or welcome back to Photo Slut. I am Laura Lamb Mallet. I am a photographic artist, educator and full-time photo slut. You've put my wine where I can't reach it. Oh, sauce. I'm interested to see how the cocktail of rosé and cocodamol is going to go for me on this. <laughs> is that your opening sentence? Are oh. you already speaking? I'm recording, yeah. Oh. Why are you worried? No. Okay. Well, it, I don't use it. No. Do, can I explain to you how it works? <laughs> Listen to some of them, you know. Yeah, but can I just explain that I don't use everything verbatim. Okay. okay. Um, where are we? In the south of France. You don't want to be more specific than that. No one's going to stalk us because we'll be gone by the time that they know. Okay, we're in a villa called Chloe BB. Okay, I don't think we have to be that specific. <laughs> you want the coordinates. Yeah, what, what three, three words? What three words? Now, we're in a villa in the south of France. Yeah. Uh, we've been here for nearly two weeks. Yeah. We're leaving on Sunday. Yeah. Then we're going back via Dijon. Yeah. yeah. Then we're going back to the UK. Cool. But this is my favourite place in the world. It is. And we were originally going to record on the beach, but for logistical reasons, we've decided not to. Why did you want to record on the beach? Just because that's my favourite... This is my favourite area, and that's my favourite place, and it feels like home when I'm there. Why? Um, I don't know, because it used to be an escape from work. I used to really look forward to getting there. When I worked full-time, so when you were younger, when I was always working really hard... That was a real escapism. But I thought work was your life. It, it is, and I love my job, but it mm. doesn't mean that I don't like lying on the beach reading a book. Well, let's not jump into it straight away. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> what, do you want me to introduce myself as, my mo- as your mother? What do you mean? I want you to in- introduce yourself as Paul Skulls. What do you mean? This is not Michael Parkinson, this is your life. <laughs> My name's Deborah. Yeah. I had the privilege of being Laura Mallet's mother. What's your surname? King. So we don't have the same surname. That's no. probably for the second half, is it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it'll kick cool. off there in a bit. Yeah. Okay. And a bit about yourself? Um, I'm very passionate about advertising, mm-hmm. um, but I think I came to that slightly... When I think about it, I think it came to that slightly by accident, because mm-hmm. really... I wanted to be a journalist or a copywriter because I wanted to write. But I applied as a copywriter and then got a job as an account manager. Why didn't that work? Uh, because they didn't take creatives through the graduate recruitment scheme. And I think the way I did my application showed a, I don't know, a commercial aptitude for being able to sell people things. That's interesting. I want to get into that, but actually... Not right now, but I feel like we're going to fall into it straight away. Only because I read something earlier in a book that described the perfect advert as it as a dis- displaced satisfaction. It can't give you everything it wants. It has to give you just enough, but then displace it so that you're still chasing. Yeah. So fashion photography, for example, has to be aspirational enough that it sucks you in, yeah. but not enough that it gives you that hit of serotonin without buying mm, into the without, idea yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. So you are, you're selling... You're selling, selling a dream. Yeah, or a vision, or a... Sometimes you're doing 
sometimes it's a bit um, disingenuous because sometimes you're not selling a dream that people necessarily want. You're selling them a dream that you're saying you think they should have. Yes, that's true. Yes. Talking of selling the dream, how does a girl from the industrial north end up in a villa in the south of France? Because I don't like the rain. I can't live in Manchester. It rains nearly every day because it's in the Leo Pennines and I just can't stand that soft bones thing that you get if it's too wet. What soft bones? You know when, like, we went, we made the mistake of going to this um, like little cottage in Scotland once where the walls were like two feet thick and I just couldn't get warm and dry and I just could feel my bones softening inside my skin. I like to be like a lizard. I like to like bake myself on the beach. How curious. I prefer an arid climate. I don't okay, like look, damp. Look, we're, we're going straight in here. <laughs> let's, let's try and pull it back slightly. Uh, how do we get to this point? Okay, so you're the first person that's going to come on here that doesn't have a photographic background. Yes. But the idea of this is about culture and I think it's time for us to play the other side mm. or somebody's who's invested in it possibly but sort of on the peripheral oh, did I say that right? Perif- periphery periphery of yeah. it but um, I think you you didn't start out creatively you started out more, this is my origin story yeah but you didn't start out being creative you started out quite like me in a way, but I think because of the creative environment you were brought up in, mm. you realised that that had a lot more to offer than a sort of like more mundane, office-based. Yeah, and I but do I do the same thing every day type job. Yeah, and I and do. I think your creativity blossomed after you about after about fifteen. You mm. then started talking about wanting to go to. St. Martin's and wanting to do... Uh, it was art well, first, was and then the it water. became photography. Yeah, well, it actually, actually, it was fashion design. That's right, because we've still got all the your uh, fashion books in it. Yeah, it was fashion design, yeah. then it was fashion photography, and then it was photography. Mm. Yeah, but I wonder how... I don't know. I, d- I don't know how to facilitate the conversation that I want us to have without it without sort of putting words in your mouth, but where do you think we should start? Why are you like you are? And I think Mm. the reason you're like you are is because of something my father said to me, which is, you can do whatever you like. I just want you to be happy. And that's how I've always felt about you, Mm. which is, I don't need to live my life through you. Yeah. I'm living my own life, you're living your own life. I don't worry about having to sit at dinner tables and explain to my friends what you do for a living because I'm super proud of what you do for a living and I've always been and super even if, proud even of if you. it wasn't and even if it wasn't what you're doing I'd still mm. be super proud of you because you're living your life it's yeah. not for me and I get you know Go I have on. to be careful I don't really want to talk about it in a podcast but too many pe- too many adults or parents don't have enough in their own lives so they then attempt to live their I lives agree. through their I children. I agree, I agree. And that yeah. goes for the sort of education and the sort of hobbies and the sort Yeah. I genuinely yeah. don't care what you do as long as it makes you happy. And yeah. when my father said that to me, he said, um, 
But he said, I don't care if you work for the Halifax Building Society as long as you're happy. And at the time, I took that as him saying that actually that was about my level, was yeah. working in the Halifax Building Society. Like what you said to me about Hilary Mantel. Yeah, and I misinterpreted what he said. He genuinely meant live your life. You like, yeah. But he just used the Halifax Building Society as an example. Yeah, 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 yeah. And at the time, you know, I felt I could do better than that, and I felt he was sort of trying to hold me back, but he wasn't at all. He genuinely was saying, I don't care. Yeah. Live your best life, like you always say to me. Live your best, your best life. life. Because yeah. it's not a rehearsal. No, mm -hmm. no, and I, I do agree with that. And I wonder whether there's that sort of... I don't know, yeah. And, and me, the way I am, or whatever, is actually, I don't know where that starts. And that sort of, you know... Oh, the last couple of episodes that I've done, I, you probably haven't listened to them, but... Um, go on. <laughs> of course I've listened to them. I haven't listened to all of them. I've listened to most of okay. them. Okay. I'm, I'm sort of alluding to this idea of this project that you know about because you've written... The piece mm. for it yeah um and i wonder how much of these things well it's really difficult to talk about because a lot of them are super personal that probably you know i don't know how much grave digging you want to do i don't mind but there there are things that like happened before me before i was on this planet that i think almost set in motion how i was destined to be I don't know if it's that. I think it's more... I think the reason you're like you are is because you didn't have a single person dictating how you were to be. You you came up through a melting pot of influences. Yeah. And a lot of that was to do with how many jobs I had, how many partners I had, how many friends I had, how many friends stayed over, how many childminders... We, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you had... A, three, a whole 360 influence. You didn't have mm. one parent or two parents, one taking a major role, saying, this is what we want for you, this is how we'd like you to be. You, were, you weren't completely free because we had to look after you, but you, weren't, you, were, you were rarely told, no, you can't do that. And you were heavily influenced by a wide, you know, a diverse range of characters, from, from people who'd been to private school to people who lived in council houses. Yeah. You know, you've had the whole exposure so you know Matt always describes it as you being worldly wise but you know you are and you grew up in North London and you went to an ordinary school yeah and that's where I think you then get a greater understanding of how the world works and how different people operate and so I, I think in my mind I'm talking about because it well maybe I over romanticizing or over dramatizing it but there's a part of me that sort of believes that I was, I feel like me being born, even though I wasn't there, was almost like a bomb being dropped into a war zone. It was traumatic. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. I don't mean me physically, but I, it was I wasn't brought into this world in a in a in the sort of nuclear happy family. Dad is good, mum is good, life is good. No, it was, it was, there was a lot of stress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I think it was at the height of my career, not in terms of earnings, but in terms of influence. Yeah. And in terms of the number of pieces of business I had control over. And, yeah. And it, you know, it's, it is my love. Um, and also, you know, you know my thoughts on tiny babies. I mean, I don't want to be at home with a tiny baby because it doesn't give anything back. 
So, but I'm more than happy, you know, the older you get, the more time I want to spend with you. Yeah. And, you know... But that was a blessing, that was a blessing, because, yeah. you know... And once you could walk and talk, brilliant. But, but I think what's interesting is that I think people would listen to you say that and think that that's a callous thing to say. And I actually disagree. If you show any behaviour that isn't absolutely devotion... It's funny that we have a baby in the background while yeah. we're talking about this. Um, <laughs> lots of devotion. If If you sort of steer away from that you're callous and you're cold and you're a bitch. And I think this is what's interesting. No, is I, that, think, I think it's... No, but do you not think that logic. that's how people see... No, but that's not... That's how people are perceived. Yeah. You know? But, you know, I never did the school gate thing. I never did no, the... No, 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 and I, and I agree. PTA thing. No, and I, I agree, and I think Parties that, filled me with dread, oh, my God. I mean, my school was fucking great. My secondary school was great. And there was nothing really that anyone needed to get involved in. But what I think is there was very early this idea set into me that was, you know, you can live an independent life. You know, Luke's often said that a lot of the problems that I have with, well, maybe parents and and possibly men in particular, is that a lot of people don't like how independent I mm. am or how I don't want to pander to, yeah. to the needs of But I think that's the strength. People. I mean, it's the, same, it's the same with me. It's like we are independent and capable. Yeah. And some people don't understand that and some people don't like that. Um, and some people are probably threatened by it. I sort of thought that we might start with something quite fun. Like what? Well, I don't know, but maybe this is... This Should we is... talk about you playing post offices then? Yeah. Do you want to talk about Bobby's house? No. You needed Bobby's house. No, that's, that's too on... It's very on topic, though. Yeah, it's I know, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like house. on trend. Oh, OK. But I but just it... want people to know that once upon a time, you didn't just play with dinosaurs. You did no, also have a doll. No, that is true. Yeah, I did. You had two that dolls, is. one Barbie and one little soft rag thing. Soft rag thing? Do you not remember? I took a tea to... towel? No, I took you to... Um, Toys R Us, when I was pregnant with Olivia, we thought you needed your own baby in a pushchair. Oh, yeah, And you I didn't. Know you that. wanted the Velociraptor, I think, seemed to be. Yeah, well, I do have it still, next to my bedside <laughs> locker. But it didn't fit in the buggy, so we had to get you, like, this small. <laughs> that's bizarre, isn't it? But you were, I mean, that's what, you were super cute. I mean, you could name all, uh, you know, you always had a phenomenal memory and intellect. And i never forget taking you to the zoo. And you were not very well. <laughs> we went to the Mentally toilet. or physically. And I got you out of the toilets, and you must have been like three, maybe. You hadn't started school. And they had a board around the toilets with all these dinosaurs on. And there was another woman in there with a child more or less the same age. And you literally stood there while I was washing my hands, and you went, Tyrannosaurus, Diplodocus, Pterodactyl. I knew. You know, and it was just, and this woman just stared at me like you were some sort of like. She was too busy on the PTA yeah. to teach. But then she probably didn't let her child get on with stuff. She was no, probably force-feeding it. I mean, you know, I, I suppose you probably, in your darkest moments, probably say, I didn't care. I did care. I cared oh, my God, no, I don't but think that. I don't think that at all. I think, I, I think it was a case of, you know... Um, well, it was practical as well, because I was the only one working. And Yeah, and the word that comes to my head is, is sort of volatile. I think it was a volatile situation, and... You know, Donna said something to me once. I said I wasn't going to mention people by name on this podcast, but I will. Which is, 
it's a real tough pill to swallow when you realise that your parents aren't gods and they're just normal people. Mm. And when you get to that age, mm. you know, if me and Luke had a kid now, we would be fucking firefighting, you know, and you were in a, you're in a way higher career position than I am now. And you all, you know, if you don't mind me saying, had two marriages under your belt. Um, you know, it was a high octane lifestyle. And well, that's what happens in your early yeah, 30s. Yeah. I mean, it was a commercial lifestyle and it was advertising in the late 80s, early 90s, yeah. So what, you, was, what you, drug and alcohol fueled? Is that what you want me to say? You're looking around the room. Remember, this is an audio form, so people won't pick up on these. Well, it was just keys. a bit. It was a bit red-eyed. Volatile, yeah. Mm. But that was that was super aspirational for me. Well, you know, we are talking about you know, I'd get up in the morning and you know, I'm ashamed to say I'd leave the house early so I could smoke in the car because I couldn't smoke in the house, and I'd get out, jump in my Range Rover, drive to work. You know, I mean, yeah, it's so stereotypical of myself. Do you think you've become less like that as you get older? Because you are, because because I think if people didn't know you and they listened to this, and they, I think, yeah, and I think this is the same of me, you know, I'm actually super, 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 like to a point that's disgusting, like cozy, cuddly, empathetic, and you know, this is a woman here sat opposite me who used to bring stones home on the way oh, yeah. home from school well, because you thought terrible. they were that's lonely. That's my big horror. My big fear. That people are lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And I project it onto other people. Yeah, me I, too. I've, I don't think I've ever been lonely, but I project it onto other people. So you used to bring and stones I, and feathers home yeah. and put them well, at the end of your bed. Yes, yeah. when I was five. Yeah. I, I used to. Remarkable that you used to be allowed to walk to school and back from school on your own at five. But I used to in Rochdale. Probably, yeah, three quarters of a mile maybe to school. And on the way back, if I saw something on the pavement, like a ring pull or a stone or. If I looked down and saw something, I would have to pick it up and put it in my pocket. Why did you walk to school by yourself? Because my mum was busy with the boys. Because you're the oldest? No, second yeah, eldest. Yeah, she had four of us in five years. So I'm the oldest, mm. so she was lo- still looking after them at home. And that's before disposable nappies and before formula and before, mm. yeah, all that mm. sort of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I used to walk on my own. But if there was something there, I used to think, oh my God, it can't possibly spend the night on its own in the dark. What will it do? Is that why you... Of the marriages as well. That was, yeah, is that what I had to, no, no. But, and I used to put these, what's remarkable is I used to put them at the bottom of my bed and my mother used to change my sheets every day and take it all out and just get rid of it all. No wonder she was at home all the time. She's <laughs> fucking busy. Yeah. But and again, it, you but, know, and even now, if I see, like I saw, you know, I was in Bandol two days ago, I'm having a drink by the fountain, I'm watching people on their holiday and there was an old man with one of those, you know, those little... Wheelie walking sticks. Zimmer frame. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Zimmer mm. frame. I, I couldn't take my eyes off him and mm. I was just thinking, oh mm. my God, I know. what are you going home to? Are you on yeah. your own? Do you? But I don't do anything about it, but it just... And then I lie awake thinking about him and thinking, oh my God, what must mm. his life be? But for all I know, he's going home to live with his daughter and her husband and the three kids and he's escaped the house. Yeah, I said that. But I project that he's lonely. He might just want to be independent. Mm. Luke and I... After lockdown, we went for a walk and there was somebody, uh, an elderly person sat in Prime Minister in Bristol outside reading a book. And I was like, oh, my God, do you think they lost their wife to COVID and they're lonely and they're sad they don't have anyone at home? And Luke's like, no, he's probably been trapped in the house for fucking four months. (laughs) Exactly. His wife's probably asked him to go out and read a book or she doesn't want to cook for him or something. But, yeah, I I agree. I catastrophize everything 
father people, hmm. you know. But that's probably because, you know, what we were saying the other day, because you are, you know, high functioning, you know, articulate, intelligent, you've been exposed to so many depressed influences, you know, ever so often your brain has got to have some downtime and maybe mm. when it goes into the downtime it just goes to the polar opposite of all those great highs in your life yeah yeah I and you agree. have to see because you've got to always be able to see it's like we we're talking about with the statistics for every positive one there's a negative one and sometimes yeah. you you only value the positive stuff if you're aware of the negative yeah and i think maybe your brain naturally just does that to counter what good lives we have because we know we have great lives yeah and so ever so often your brain just goes well has to find something yeah, yeah. you should be thinking about this and, and i think that was my other biggest fear for myself and for you guys is i don't want you and it comes from reading novels you know where people's lives are I mean, it was a T.S. Eliot quote, and it was I used to have it on the front of my diary, and it used to say, I think it's something like, I've measured out my life in coffee spoons, or sugar spoons, or teaspoons. It's one of those, but it basically, that's how I've done my life. It's make another cup of tea, get up, oh, go yeah, to work, okay. make a cup okay, of tea, yeah. you know. And that drudgery that we don't get so much these days, but that's what work used to be. Yeah. Get up. Yeah. Know, my grandfather worked in a cotton mill, Yeah. and that sounds course because I'm from Lancashire but he genuinely did and his job was yeah. to tie the bits of cotton together on the looms and he did that every day of his life till he mm, retired mm, mm. he didn't get to fly to New York he didn't get to go to Henley he didn't get to go to the Grand Prix he tied bits so of let's, cotton together so let's start there years. then so let's talk about you finishing university or let's mm. start before university because mm. am I right in saying you're the only person to go to you no my Dad did open Bumper university. Did. Yeah. But I'm the only one in the family that went to university until you and Olivia. Okay, so yeah. let's start there. Hmm. What happened after university? What did you study and what were your interests? I studied uh, English politics. Hold on, before you start, we have to wave to Rory because he keeps looking oh. at us through the window. Hi. Bless him. Um, yeah, so I went, to, I went to university primarily to do English. Um, but I, in the first year, I did English, politics and philosophy, and I dropped politics when I realised... You're not interested? No, I just realised that it wasn't about the politicians, it was about the people behind the scenes. So I dropped that. So I did English and philosophy. You're going to hate photography. <laughs> and I think that's what set me... I was thinking about this, because I think that's what set me up, and that's why I am what I am. So I always said I wanted to write. Mm. And I think I misinterpreted that, in that I felt I wanted to write a novel. I've been writing for 40 years, but what I write... And you still haven't written a novel? No, no. because I, I can't write extended sentences because I'm so trained after 40 years to get to a proposition and to write a compact, mm. articulate, persuasive mm. sentence. Mm. And I think this comes from... I think what happened is that when I did philosophy, and I had a fabulous tutor, and he basically, he said, philosophy teaches you to argue that black is white because if you can construct a logical argument and somebody says yes to every single question, you lead them into basically a dead end, at which point they can't then say, they can't turn around oh and say no. No, 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 but that's what... Yeah, yeah. So, it's the, so it's that ability to debate. And then that was then, um, after that, in ad the first few years in advertising, you learn to write all your presentations backwards. 
So you know where you want so you to end start, up. So you start where you want people and then you yeah, work out how to get them there. And I think yeah. this is why I can't write a novel. I've got loads of ideas for them. But I start writing them and three pages in I want to get to the conclusion. Yeah. And that is not a novel. It's all... The journey <laughs> is half the... You know, the journey yeah. is the journey. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, the journey is the journey, basically. Yeah. yeah. But, and I think that's why... So the combination of doing philosophy, which made me very persuasive with... English, which made me very articulate, mm. it just means that everything I write, I can't write in a non-commercial way. Yeah. Because I write, I can't help but write. You write to please, almost. Well, and to persuade. Which is so mad, because the books that you like... Are all novels, yeah. Yeah, and, and also, there's nothing you love more than a bit of tragedy. Oh, I know. Favourite book. Tess of the Devils. How many times have you read 13. it? Thirteen. Thirteen. Did you have a signed first edition? I did, yeah. yeah. I had to sell it to buy Olivia a horse. Right. <laughs> let's, Sorry, another horse. Let's leave that where it is. I did have two copies, actually. Bought for you by ex-lovers? Probably. Yeah. Right, so you finish uni. Yeah. Well, I don't know the bit, this bit. So I applied to all the top ad agencies because basically my influence was the Benson and Hedges 48 sheet posters, which used to put a... So Pyramids was my favourite one. We'll have to put it on the... What do they look like? 48 oh sheet posters? Oh my God, put Benson and Hedges posters. Because it was just in the days when it was just visual. So what, what is it about that? It's just graphics and... Mm. And there was this agency I really wanted to work for, one of the big agencies like CDP or Burnett's or um, Benton and Bowles or Ogilvy's. And so I applied to all of them. Mm. And I remember being told in the um, careers office, because this is... That's nice. Yeah. So this is pre-computers. Yeah. And um, so I went to the careers office at... um, We went back before that, actually, because my original plan was to be a journalist. And my mm. parents said, oh, no, no, they're nasty people. You know, they'll diso- we'll disown you. I don't think they meant it, but I know what they were saying. And then I thought, well, if I can't be a journalist, what will I be? So I did this, they had this weird thing where you answered, like, 50 questions on a scale of one yeah, to five. Yeah, I've seen those. And then it churned out 10 potential jobs. So yeah. it was like um, copywriter, you didn't estate get nanny, agent, did you? journalist. Huh? You didn't get nanny, did you? No. Funnily enough, no. Child might have, no. Um, and then, so I applied for, all, that poster was on my, it was above my um, bedroom, above my bed at uni. And I thought, oh, that's where I want to work. But I applied there, but I got the job at Leah Burnett. Mm. Um, and I loved that because when I was working, when I, when I was working, when I was watching Mad Men, they'd talk about that and I was like, oh, my mum worked there. Well, they took, out of three and a half thousand people, they appointed me. That's mad. It is, I think they got my name wrong. But anyway, but also the thing is they had a trick. So they had three and a half thousand graduates, mostly Oxford, Cambridge, Durham, because that was the... But you the didn't go there? No, I didn't. And, um, but there was a, on the last day, they'd got it down to 16 of us and we all had drinks. And I think particularly some people, boys mostly, they thought the interview was over. So they were like, hey, we're in a London ad agency. It's Let's free drinks. Let's go titties. Let's, mm. yeah. And I think I was the only person um, standing at the end of it. And that did, I remember when they said, why do you want a job? Oh, when I was asked at my interview what my weakness was, and I said... Marlborough uh, Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> no, because I didn't have it in those days. But I said, uh, yeah, I think they said, what's your, what's 
your weakness. And I said, being able to drink and still stay standing or something mm. like that. And at the end of this party, what these boys didn't know was that they'd taken a Polaroid photograph of all of us. And the following day after the party, they put them in a room and everybody in the agency got to vote on who should get the job. That's mad. And I remember there was a girl there who turned out to be, she was one of the PAs. And one of the guys had said to her, uh, what do you do? And she went, oh, I'm PA to the managing director. And he actually said to her, oh, do you mind if I go and speak to somebody more important? <gasps> so they put a massive black mark through him. Um, but he probably would have... What a wanker. Yeah, he was yeah. well qualified for it. So I think there was, you know, I was so excited to be there because I was from, yeah. the, you know, I'd come down from up north, like you say, and I was so excited and so privileged. Mm. And I was like, oh, just have a little sip and, you know... And then you realise why, because in my training, genuinely, you are trained to open a bottle of red wine on a train, because you used to go to all meetings on trains, and pour it without pouring it. You used to have, like, linen tablecloths on the trains. And without stuff. pouring it on the linen. And open a bottle of champagne without spraying it like it's a Grand Draper. Yeah. And you learn all these. And the other thing you learn, which is really super sneaky, is... You know, back in, if you go to a form ball, like at the Dorchester or something like that, or Grosvenor House, and they have like five glasses for different drinks, mm. you say yes to every single drink. But if you don't empty your glass, the waiter can't refill it. Oh, yeah. And you put it to your lips, and you laugh, and you giggle, and you talk mm. to the client, and you put it back down. You don't drink it. Mm. Meanwhile... People are getting slaughtered. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds really sneaky, but it's actually just a professional way of... Because if you say... The argument was, if you say no to the drinks, mm. you're ruining everybody else's entertainment. Mm. Because people don't want to drink on their own. They don't mm. want to be... So you have to... It's a massive fear of mine. What? It's being drunk around colleagues. I was actually saying this to someone the other day. Um, there are people that I... I think, I think definitely in photo land... I don't mean it like when I'm working at the pub mm. or anything, but in Photoland, there are very few people that I drink, like party drink, mm. comfortably around because there are f very few people, probably mainly just the people I've invited on the podcast, that I would drink around that I trust to not weaponize it afterwards. Yeah, and, and it's really wrong because if you look back to the 1920s, and the creativity. Mm. It was... It was drink-fueled. I mean, people drank all day long. Mm, mm, you know? Mm. If you look at the... You know, the, all the 1920s and 30s, you know, people, people drank all day yeah. And they were uber-creative. Yeah. And they'd drink more to sober up. They'd just change the nature of it's the It's funny drink. because I have, such a, I have such a good relationship with it, but I also have a really, you know, personally bad relationship with it not for me but from you know people in my close you know vicinity well, it does let you you know and it's and it's it's difficult i think sometimes but i also really into um yeah super well, interested sometimes, in it. you know the problem is that you know you can keep a lid on it for most of the time but ever so often it just what is interesting i'm going to use this to get the other part out of you as well something that i think is really sad and it doesn't affect me but there are some people that have commented on some things about me. Even when you're drunk, you don't never have a northern accent. Do you <laughs> wanna, and 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 I think this is really sad. Why? Be, because of why? Why is it? 
Because I don't like it. No, but why don't you speak with a Northern accent? And how did well, you make because, it? again, because when I got the job, rightly or wrongly, and I was surrounded by the previous year's intakes from Oxford and Cambridge, and actually I had a boyfriend at Oxford, so I, I used to be ridiculed when I went there. And I, I just think ridicule got rid of it. you know. And I was answering the phone. Bear in mind, computers were like but you, really but thin you, on the ground. A computer was the size of this room. But you taught yourself to speak without yes, it. Yes, I did. Mm. And because... I, right, you're wrong. It, it just doesn't suit me. Mm. I'm not. It sounds really bad. Do you feel, do you not feel to love where about you that? come from? Mm? Not, do you feel like? Do you feel like there's like an internalized resentment? About no, that? I just honestly don't. I feel bad saying it, but I no, didn't, no, no. But you can be honest. I didn't like. I think it's a societal thing. Yeah. No, I just I didn't ever feel at home in the north of England. I still don't, even though my grandparents were hill farmers. It's mm. just not me, you know? Do you think it symbolises things for you that, you that you didn't... Like, I don't know. And we, if we sort of, like, scoop it back round to that first thing I spoke about, about displaced aspiration, you know, going on a jet to New York, going to the Grand Prix, going yeah. to Henley, yeah. pouring a glass of red wine on a linen tablecloth. I, I, when I was little, I always... You know, when you're small, I used to think, oh, one day there's going to be a knock on the door and they're going to come and get me. I genuinely don't. <laughs> Seriously. You know, it's bizarre to even think that. I used to think, but I used to think, oh, I've been adopted, I know I've been adopted. And I think it was just, because my brothers were like so cosy together as a threesome and they mm. were so, they were a bit roughy-tufty and I suppose I am a bit of a princess and I just kept thinking, oh, mm. one day, I mean, when I was very small, one day, they'll come and get me, they'll come and get me. And they used to take the mickey out of me and call me Cinderella because I just felt out of place really. mm. it's funny because I think I, love, I know a lot of northerners and I do feel an affiliation because I think that there's this sort of you know um, there's a nice hard working yeah hard working a lovely honesty, tough yeah. you know with resilient sand, yeah resilient all of these sorts of things but what's so mad is that your mum Nana of all the northerners I know she by far is the most northern northerner I've ever met in my life. And I don't mean that in any type of derogatory way, but as well as that, she also lives the most humble life. She does these And things, she's yeah. so... Content. Yeah. And so generous yeah. and so genuine. Mm. You know, she's an absolute fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> but she's so generous, isn't she? I need to ring her to ask about my fantasy league. Yeah, and thank you for your holiday money. Yeah, that's true. Again, um, that's another thing. Again, giving holiday very, money. But, you know, I think you're that's very amazing. Like her, and she, you know, she has admirable qualities. That, and I've learned an awful lot from her because buying know, shopping for single mothers in lockdown. I know. Like taking paying, kids paying to for people's funerals. Yeah, taking She's people to school. For people's funerals. Taking people to school, buying people shopping in lockdown, yeah. paying for their kids to buy, have clothing to go. And she doesn't buy own. She doesn't buy name brand beans because she doesn't want yeah. to spend the money on herself. Yeah. No, and she buys all her clothes from the charity shop. Yeah, but she she'll happily give somebody five grand for a funeral. Yeah, and I, but also you know, if ever I'm on a plane crash on a desert island, I hope to God she's sitting next to me because oh, yeah. I'd be clueless. Yeah, whereas. Literally within a couple of hours, she'll have made a fire, caught a fish, mm, mm, you know, boiled mm. some water, made a hammock. It, she'll get the whole thing together. Say, she's always say, like say about Carbonara Gate. 
Oh, carbon okay. <laughs> no, because it, again, it's an example of me being a really bad mother. No, again, it's we not. Could, we no, could it's put, not. That's the other picture we should put up. That one of you looking like a waif. <laughs> an absolute waif. I wish I was a fucking You look waif. like you're starving to death and you just look no, so no, sad. No, 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 because I remember my biggest problem on that holiday was the fact that we had an orange nail varnish and a green nail varnish. But what did Nana do? Well, Nana, <laughs> so basically you and I arrived because we flew from London and they flew from Manchester. Nana brought well, Mr. Yeah. Jan. Yeah. And basically I came from the airport with, I don't know, 200 Marlborough Red and a bottle Listen, of vodka. Listen, you didn't have to put yourself down like that. I wasn't even <laughs> and I got asking there. for that. I got there and the realised that she'd booked somewhere in the back of beyond. There wasn't even a shop. Or a I bet we had a scrabble board there. So we no, she brought that. So we sat there for two hours, me smoking, you starving, waiting for her to turn up. And within half an hour of her turning up, she'd made a carbonara from the contents of her suitcase. <laughs> and I was just like, "Go, mother!" She but that's the like difference that. between us. I don't think, and it's not that I'm selfish because, like I say, I love you more than the world. But I just didn't didn't enter my head to pack no, biscuits or some carbonara people, or some bacon. People, some in people suitcase. need to be. What part of a carbonara do you think the biscuits add? <laughs> no, I'm just saying I didn't pack any food. Some people need I to I thought be... we'd just turn up and they'd be like, oh, fuck and then, shit, and just get the fuck out of me. Um, no. That's all right. Shall we, do you, wanna, do you uh, want me to pause and we can refill our glasses? We have two breaks. Oh. Sorry. Matt's is coming to change. Shall I, I'll pause it, I'll pause it. We'll get, I'll go and get some wine. So circling, you you said when we went to go and get wine that you wanted to talk about why I am the way I am. And I think, I, th- I think it's something that A, is going to feed me mentally too much. And B, I feel like my whole life, my whole practice is consumed by that. But here's something that's exciting. You love literature, mm. right? And I think this might explain some of the things, why the reason I am the way I am. Mm. When I was at Grandma's house before we left, mm. not Nana's house, not your mother's house, mm. Matt's mum's house, right? I found a book there that I think shaped a lot of how I see certain things that feed into my work. You gave me this book to read when I was 14, 15. Do you know what book it is? We were here when you gave it to me. 14, 15. Yeah. I have the book here. Really? Yeah. And I'm going to read you some extracts from it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carnival by M.R. Louvric. Louvric. Yeah. So, do you remember what it's about? Casanova, isn't it? Yeah. And you gave this book to and me. And Venice. And Byron. And Printing. Yeah. yeah. And you gave it to me, yeah. and I thought, my, my, my. And it's a fat book. It's what? 632 pages. Yeah. And I reckon I read it in a couple of days because I was like. <sighs> it's good, isn't it? Well, never mind whether it's good or not. It's absolutely filthy. Yeah, but it's just off the top. Yeah, I know, I know, but, but... It's about Casanova. No, I know, but there are bits in it that oh, I'm... Let's what, see what, if I remember. 
Well, no, I just think there are bits in it that when I was sort of flicking through, I thought, read of it. <laughs> I like this bit. I raised my... This might be a different podcast. I raised my knees and spread myself over him like a little frog, nibbling his lips. I said, I love you, and I love you enough to eat you entirely. Don't say that, Cecilia, he told me. I once knew a woman who did. <laughs> you know? Then she's only young, isn't she? Yeah. I think that... Uh, I think I gave it to you because it was about the origins of the printing press. Oh, have a fucking day off. <laughs> I, I think don't tend to read books like that. No, and as we know, I read fairy porn. No, but I think there's there's a real... And, and, and this is why I think... Uh, I'm going to try and explain, like, six different things here on the cocktail of rosé and cocodamol, that a lot of the things that have happened in my life, and possibly you feel the same way about this, and maybe this is why you love Tessa the Delvilles or what. I but to. Okay. There's a real romanticisation of trauma and bad love or good love and Lana Del Rey and, mm. you know, things like that. And I think that... Well, that's the romantic... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I'm and if I'm being completely honest, I don't think it's entirely far fetched to to understand that I've been in you know one long term relationship that I go don't look at me like that. No, but no, but no, 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 no. But when I was younger, when you gave me this book, my idea of what it meant to be in a partnership with somebody else was incredibly volatile. Not I'm a little frog. No. Not I'm a little frog. Now I'm a little frog. But you know, through relationships that not, and I'm not putting this just on you, but you know, through other people's relationships, you know, even if we think about, you know, so you and Dad weren't together, and then you know he met somebody else, and they had a baby, and. You know, you were with Matt, but then you were with somebody else. But, you know, and then I spent a lot of time with Nan. But Nan didn't have a partner. And, you know, Natalie's partner didn't live there. And, you know, mm. you know, my, you know, Nana and Bumper weren't together. Mm. Grandma and Grandpa didn't get on very well. You know, I didn't understand, yeah. perhaps, you know, what it meant to be in that solid unit where life and love or partnership wasn't yeah, wasn't about sort of getting yeah, you, a one-up on each other yeah, or you, you know you, what I mean yeah you're right you probably most of the people in the environment you were in were not in happy relationships but 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 or I, even in relationships but also I do think that's something about being brought up in you know a fantastic life and melting pot of lots of different people because there are people who have nuclear families that live in cul-de-sacs, yeah, yeah, where, you know, life is normal. And, yeah, anyway, so what I think was is that when you gave me this book, I was like, oh, my God, this idea of, like, reading something that's so loving in that kind of way is so aspirational to me, you know? Afterwards, Casanova warned me against practising my new skill excessively or exclusively. It doesn't work well, Cecilia. Don't rely on it. It may seem to relieve the pains of the loins for a brief moment, but it offends nature, and she takes her revenge by doubling the irritations of your desires. I don't know. There's something, like, really beautiful and longing, and, you know, I think... I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to explain, but, like, I'm so after that absolute, like... 
dying death well, love of tragedy yeah, and pain yeah, and you know. I think it might be more fundamental than that. I think it, there is that element of it, but is there is that element of finding the person whoever or whatever they are, mm. that you can spend the rest of your life with in any adversity, you know. And I always think the vision that I always have in my mind is a really strange one. It's in that, that vision in Titanic when the um, elderly couple... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's a good relationship. Yeah. Because they know what's going to happen. But they want to do it together. But they're together so it doesn't really matter. Mm, mm, mm. Because you, my fear of crossing over, whatever it is, that bleeds up in the end, but is again it goes back to that loneliness thing. But you know, if I'm going to die, I'd like to go with Matt. Do you know what I mean? In Matt's arms. In yeah. Arms, which is, yeah. It's very sentimental, but it's it's not. It's sort of selfish as well. I don't want. Why I don't want to go on my own. It's sort of I don't know. But that vision of that couple in Titanic is always very strong for me. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's funny that I made a series of work when I was, like, 22, which was two books called The Rise and the Fall. And, you know, there was a book that was sort of dedicated or about me, and there was a book about Luke. And I used a lot of stuff from John Milton's Parasite... Parasite Parasite Lost! (laughs) Yeah, it was a flea circus. No, no, don't. No, don't, no, don't, don't. Don't go there. Um, and it was, you know, I was very like, I felt like I was, maybe like, I felt like I was damaged and I felt like I was a bit fucked in the head. And, you know, Luke was this was this bloke from this sort of farming community. He's not really a farmer. But... You know, and his parents are still together and they have land and they have alpacas and, you know, life... Yeah, yeah and, and I used pictures of sheep's wool and sawdust and... But you didn't have that in your own life. Yeah, but I think that's romanticising because I don't think that, you know, Luke's parents don't have a perfect relationship and, you know, yeah, life in the country yeah. isn't perfect you and none of that. You judge other people's relationships, but from, no. from your background... You look at them, it's a bit like um, one of my brothers, you know, he's been with his partner since he was 15, mm. and they're, it's perfect, and I look at him and go, wow, but I've got that now, mm. but it doesn't, and once you have it, you try to hold on to it, it doesn't mean it will last forever, it's a bit like a bubble, you know, mm. it might be ruined one day by something, you don't know what that might be, but whilst you have it, and if you haven't had it in your life, and that's what you, suddenly you see it, that's mm. probably why your relationship would look so. I have a couple of people, you know, I don't know if you know I'm this. No, I don't know if you know this, but photography or photo land, well, let's say the microcosm of Bristol, this is, this is hot tea, I'm telling you here, mm. is absolute fucking bitch fest. But I have a couple of trusted people, even when bad stuff is said about me. I shouldn't say this because I want the people who say bad stuff about me to keep saying it because I love it. But then they tell me because I, because, because I ask. Not because they tell me voluntarily, but because but, I ask. But again, but again, it's not really, you know, it's like film critics. They can't say every single movie is great. No, 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 no. I don't, Mum, it's never about my work because I don't make any fucking work. Oh, what's it about? My personality, me. Well, they can... 
Fuck off. Yeah. You can't swear. Like I say, I'm she was. If I heard anybody, oh, okay. if I heard anybody saying bad things about you. I like that. I like to be... I've always got your back. You know that. Thank you. I've always got yours. Apart from... (laughs) Apart from what? Well, apart from when you're trying to fight bouncers in Bristol. Oh, for goodness sake. Well, or getting thrown out of a dressage competition. It was show Show jumping. jumping. I knew you were going to say that. It was show jumping. Um, Did you have any other notes that you wrote that were interesting? We're going dancing in the square later, aren't we? Do you remember the old couple that were done? But, but hold on, but hold on, hold on, hold on. True, I agree. Because that's the definition of a lie. But how would you know this? Because you so say have never told a lie in your life. But I like that. Lies hold more power than truth because they're fiction. Are you writing for fortune cookies? Does sound a little bit like it. That would be great, wouldn't it? Tomorrow you're gonna. Oh, did I tell you that? I thought I. That's what I'd like. Tomorrow you're going to win the lottery. Um, I thought I won the lottery and they gave it to me in five pound notes. That'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be nice. I had a, so I got a fortune cookie um, about two years ago on Chinese New Year from that one down the bottom of the high street. Oh, yeah. And um, it said, people will be jealous of your success. And I thought, I thought that meant I was going to win people's lottery or something like that. Oh, yeah. And then I was going to the gym and it fell down the grid and I couldn't get the thing up to pick it and I lost it. And I was like, oh, that's my lottery winnings gone then. I don't know if that's how life works. No. But you know, you look for signs, don't you? You, you do look for, for signs. You look for signs that but no, no, you no, no, but see a random number and you go, oh, maybe that's But here's one. the thing, I don't think a lot of people do. But I really do. I'm always about that life. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Well, this is like because of the bump, I think, because he sends me like bird notes. I'm like, whoa. Do you want to talk about your dad? Um, particularly. Well, I think it's interesting. Well, in what respect? In the fact that you had to have all your holidays in the Scottish Islands. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think he's really interesting because I think he's sort of. Well, he gave us all a sense of wonder. And no, he's a sort of. What they say you have, all you have to give your kids is. Yeah, and I think, you know, I and think you your upbringing is really interesting. Time. We used to find it like painful at the time. So go on, give us, give us a top well, line. Just, you know, because all our friends be like going to the Canary Islands for the holidays, and we always went to Wales or Scotland, and because there were four of us, you know, I wanted to ride my imaginary horse, and the boys wanted to play cowboys and Indians, and we had to be quiet because we were always bird watching, and yet now, you know. I'll drive to the airport like the other day to see the flamingos because now it's magic. He, but hold on, the people listening don't know why you were in the Highlands. Oh, because he's bird watching. Yeah. Okay. Watching. There we go. Um, and he was a relatively big deal. Yeah, he was a local ornithologist. Yeah. He used to take uh, do you know mycology walks looking for fungi and stuff like that. I mean, he was very, very knowledgeable. Mm. You know, when we went to Galapagos, he was like that wasn't a family holiday. No, it was just me and him. But. Um, and you know, everybody kept fighting to sit on our table at dinner. Mm. And he said, well, why do people want to sit next to him? I said, well, if you don't want him to sit next to you, keep your mouth shut. I don't know how much of my idea of him now is, is an idea. Or you told how... you. No, you I know, but how much of it I remember. Favourite. The pictures we've got of you and him, mm. I've still got them. They're in that corner cupboard at home. The ones of you in the woods. And you were his, apart from that time when he told me off in the Natural History Museum, 
Well, that's because that was my place. Yeah, and that's when he gave you that big bird, didn't he? And you then went to the gift shop and bought your Sesame Street big bird. Fucking right. <laughs> well, you'd come to see the dinosaurs. Obviously. And we were in the cafe having a cup of tea and you kept banging your heels and then the seat underneath you. And he went, Laura's got that lens. And now we can all back upstairs. <sighs> you don't like being talked to. It's not, the, is it the same as the, the, the bee incident? The ice incident. Don't, yeah, don't. <laughs> Laura, don't walk on that. that. Yes, the ice, the going through the marsh and losing your trainer. Yeah. Poking the bee's nest. Yeah. You're in Ireland. Yeah. So you don't like to be told. Well, it's just the most dangerous thing to do. Don't tell me no. Well, yeah, you've always been like that. Though. Yeah. But again, that's what gives you your edge. Broken home. Do you think it would be an absolute scandalous idea? Do you think I should ring Nana while we're on the air and ask her about my fantasy football league? Yeah, why not? Do Have you got enough battery? That was Bumper. He doesn't want us to ring her. One double eight six five one four one five. Is that isn't that how she picks up? Hello. Hi Nana, it's Laura. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. I left you a voicemail a couple of days ago, but I don't think you got it. No, I don't think I did got it. Oh, I, I left one when we were driving back from the beach, me and Luke, to say thank you for my holiday money. Oh, right, right. Sorry I'll, about I'll that. Go and, I'll go and inspect it. I've got lost in the system. <laughs> oh, that's right. I also wanted your help because I have to make a fantasy football team. Um, right. And and I was wondering if you had any ideas for people who would be good for me to put on there, some some players that you like. Oh, right. Okay. I'll I'll tell you who I have at the moment. I've got I've got uh, it's a bit city heavy at the moment. I've got Kyle Walker in defence, uh, John right. Stones in defence, and then right. uh, I think I'm going to pick Salah to go up front. But if you have anybody that you think would be a good idea, I'll write them down. Jack Grealish, of course, very sexy. Yeah, that's one of my favourites. He's love. He's bloody lovely, is what he is. He is indeed, darling. Any others? I don't really know any Chelsea players anymore. You don't know any Chelsea players? No. Also, I'm recording a podcast with Mum at the moment. It's a it's a program where I talk about photography, but today me and mum oh, me and mum are talking about like her upbringing and my upbringing and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. What about goalies? I don't know anything about goalies. De Gea. Okay. What about Pickford, or is he not good anymore? Pickford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pickford. Yeah. Okay. I don't really know goalies very much. No, I don't. No. Um, so how many have you got up to now? I think I've got about six at the moment. But if there's anyone who who stands out to you, because I don't want to put Harry Kane on, because I think he's gonna he might move teams, mightn't he? Yes, I think he's going to go to Bayern Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. So I don't want to pick him. Okay. Yes, I'll do the best. Darling. All right, thank you. I'll ring you back and then we can talk about it. All right, 
All right. Have a good day. Uh, don't, don't be moving that fridge again, will you? <laughs> All right. I'll speak to you in a bit. All right. I'll speak to you a bit later on then. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. 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 Um, yeah, don't forget to ring her. Yeah, I'll ring her. Oh, fuck, I have to... She'll be, she'll be on that all afternoon. She'll be making this. Oh, shit, I'm going to have to make a reminder, aren't I, yeah. now? Okay. Uh, what time should I set the alarm for? What well, time? I ring her in about an hour and a half. That was good. She seemed in good spirits. I'm going to leave that in. What do you think about that? That's fine. Do you, th- do you think that's um, advantageous? Yeah. What? No, 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 in, in, in the bad sense of the word. Do you think she'd mind? No, of course not. No, I didn't think so. Huh. She didn't want to look at my book dummy because she said she didn't understand it. She's honest. Yeah, love that. What's that? What do you, a gift? Yeah. Oh, that's not what I thought it was going to be. I don't be. have any more of those. What were you going to give me? A gold bear. Why? Because they remind me of when you were small. Because what did I do with them? Stick them on you're the really, around the house. You're a really difficult guest. <laughs> you need to be forthcoming. Okay. Go on then. Well, you used to stick them all... I can't talk in a mouth full of gummy bears. Mm. I wonder what you're going to say then. <laughs> no, when you were small, you used to like those Haribo gold bears and you used to stick them all around the house on the wall. And then, because we had cats, cat fluff would get stuck to them. And That's fucking disgusting. I know. And he used to drive your dad around the bend because he hated mess. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. He hates mess. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Hates mess. Mm. Earlier in the week, I went to Monaco. And it's really weird that I was like, um, I don't know, I wanted to go. And then when you were sort of talking about this idea of like flying here and, you know, the Monaco obviously equates to me to the Grand Prix. And the Grand Prix is about success and about adrenaline and about excitement and about elevating social status and all of these things. And it's sort of almost things that I kind of talk about in my work, this idea of like sex and power glamour. And, and glamour and the divine feminine and you know mm. I don't know and all these things sort of come to but my it, mind but I and think it's really it's, but it's I think you have to do what reflects what you want to be because for some people that is climbing a mountain for mm. some people mm. it's sitting in a bar in Monaco watching luxury cars go past you know it's, yeah but I think it's important in life to try and achieve your dream at some level and if it's not going to be the level you can you know you have to find a workaround yeah no because, I agree. you know i wouldn't want to go to my grave with a list of things i didn't do do you think you're particularly preoccupied with death um more so now because i've worked out there not can't be that many years left and there might be even less than i think because i could be dead tomorrow i don't know is that, why do you think that? I don't know. I mean, when you're young, you look at old people and you think, mm, they're old. And then, you know, as you get older, you start thinking, ooh. Because when you're young, like when you're 15, you go, oh, I'll probably live till 90, so, you know, I've got all these years left ahead. Why don't you think you're going to live to 90 now? Well, I haven't got the money. I can't afford to live to 90. <sighs> I've spent it all. Fuck you now. <laughs> I seriously can't afford to live... To, I'm not sure I can afford to live to 65 at this rate. Um, but I'm not complaining, because I have spent it. Well, there is that. Do you think having cancer changed it? 
I remember being very, very frightened. Mm. Well, because it was the third time around, wasn't it? They say that things come in threes. Yeah, and it was like, I didn't really expect him to say that that day. Because mm. I was just, because Matt was with me and we were just going for a checkup and I was going to go for lunch. Mm. And um, it was weird when I went in, he went, why is Matt with you? And I was like, because we're going for lunch. And he went, all oh, right. And then he said, well, and he got hold of my hand and he went, oh, um, you've got cancer. And, and I was like, what? Because I've known him 11 years. I was like, what? It's like, oh, well, well, is it like, you know, DCIS? No. Um, we're recommending, you know. This, that, and the other. Yeah. Double, well, he said double mastectomy. And I was like, <laughs> I, I was half expecting him to go, yeah, because I know him so well, huh? only kidding. Jokes. But he wasn't. And then, of course, that was in, it was the day after Valentine's Day, wasn't it? 15th of Feb, I think. Mm. And we, you know, COVID was already around. But mm. we weren't doing anything about it, you know. I think we had it on that ship, didn't we? That cruise ship. And, oh yeah. And people had been people had been talking about it, but it was sort of like a rumor. And and then I remember just being all I could do because I was waiting for an operation. Mm. And obviously, the longer you wait with cancer, the bigger it gets. And and I just remember like looking at the death toll go up and up and up. and I got very angry with people who kept trying to come around the house. I was like. Yeah, get away. And people who wouldn't be vaccinated. Mm. If you don't get your vaccination, I won't get my operation. And, and and it was it was irrational, but I think that's what the prospect of death does to you. I think mm, if you mm, know mm. there's a chance you might die, I think Yeah, you throw everything down. Yeah, and yeah. I do admire all these people who are told they're going to die and they just go, Okay. Yeah. And I don't know whether they get counselling or whether they come to terms with it after screaming the house. I don't know how they deal with it, but some people seem to yeah, yeah no, I but interestingly, agree. out the other side, I now have this attitude, which is, well, you know, I owe it to myself to live, laugh, love. Yeah, make yeah. the most of things no, and agree. just crack on. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm also interested in this, I think, a lot of your identity, and this is something that I think about quite often, it, not not in terms of you, but... I'll just talk myself in circles. I think having breast cancer... I can take this out if you don't want this in. It's like... It's a direct attack on your femininity. Yes, yeah. And I think a lot about the fact that... You know... I never really used them for what they're for. Because I didn't really make much of a go at breastfeeding either. That's of not just what they're for. <laughs> that's what like else a, are they for? That's a side hustle. <laughs> oh, you think they're for... Um... To delay? Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's weird, and I wasn't really ever aware of them before. I'm aware of them now. Yeah. But, yes, it is. And I, you know, you. I think what's difficult is that you become, because you're in and out of the clinics, you become very aware of the people, and this is quite difficult, you become very aware of the people who are so much worse. Worse off. Yeah, you much, said that during the treatment, though, yeah. didn't you? When they come round with the the snacks and stuff. Yeah, and, and yeah. I always say no, because I just, what do you call it, imposter syndrome. I just think, well, I'm not ill enough to warrant a free snack on the NHS, you know? It's like... That's the most medicine I've ever heard I someone know, say. I know. But that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
But then, you know, and that's why I now want to do, and I know you laugh at me, but, you know, the first thing I wanted to do for, for that charity was to do a run. Well, hold on, yeah. hold on. Let's not, let's not demonise me here. No, no, I'm just saying, but you don't, you know, why I do want I, to no, give why, No, no, back. no, why do I laugh at you? That's not the reason I laugh at you. Why do you laugh at me? Because you always say I'm running with Mo Farah today. No, it's a, it's a joke. That's what we're laughing but at. But it's true. I have run with Mo Farah. Yeah, twice. I know, but you make it sound. <laughs> I'm just at the back. I'm not. I, listen, I'm sick in the head. I'm not sick enough to laugh about you raising money for breast cancer. I'm. S- but it's a joke when I say I'm running with Mo Farah. I'm, I am actually running with him, but we all know I'm not competing with him. Okay, but I don't think you know that. I don't say I'm going to whoop his ass, do I? We know that. You're like I ran with him the other day. He don't know you. No. You don't even know what corn tastes like. You know, yeah. today I walked past Grandma putting some um, cloths out that had been washed and I could smell linen and it, like, automatically made oh, me feel like safe. Linen. Yeah. And linen. when I say linen, I mean, like, cotton fresh mm. softener, you know. But oh, I'm, Nan's washing. Yeah, 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 Nan's really. washing. Like, one of the maddest things that I, I've I bet, done... Do you get triggered when you smell that? Absolutely. Yeah. Matt does, too. One of, the, one of the things that I've done most recently that I... I feel like this is going to be a whole another thing that I get into at another time. But this relationship with food, and there was a time, about probably about nine months ago, where I was at home in Bristol. I don't know where the others were, and I was by myself, and I I I couldn't work out what this feeling was inside me. But I went to ASDA, and I bought packet mash, like microwave mash, and twelve Richmond skinless sausages, and it's because. I, I wanted comfort food that, and I, I associated it with Nan. Mm. And it, it was almost done subconsciously because I only yeah. realised it in hindsight. Yeah, it feels like home. Yeah, it does. Mm. And it's like, I know in my head that I want to eat like salmon sashimi and be like, look at me, bitch. But that's what I needed. And that's why I like EastEnders. And it's not, maybe it's not this sort of, you know, cosplay. Well, it's, it's a genuine. That exhibition yesterday, that Diane. Oh my Diane god! I haven't Ar- even spoken about the fact yeah. that we went so to that, Arles yesterday. You know that Diane Arbus. Yeah. So I think that's what her work. You know, it's called constellation. Yeah. Because I think she's saying there are as many types of people as there are stars in the sky. Yeah. And I think that's what we're saying. You know, everybody has their own version of home. Yeah. And it's wrong to assume that just because somebody's version of what feels like home is not yours, it doesn't mean that they're being fancy, or it doesn't mean that they're being you know, working class. Do you know yeah, what yeah, 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 yeah. We're all born, with, and we, you know, you don't know what the influences are. Yeah. You know, we don't know that you're, like you are, you know, was it the fact you were brought up in ad agencies? Was it the fact that your dad and I separated? Was it the fact that you had a traumatic birth? Was it, do you know, you mm. don't know. Is mm. it your ancestry? Yeah. You know, you don't, don't know. really know. And that's why it's not really right to judge how other people want to live their lives. No, really. fucking hell. That might have been the wisest thing you've ever said. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was good. No, I agree. I haven't even sp- spoken about going to Arl yesterday. I was going to do a separate Arl roundup, mm. but maybe I can include what you say now in the old Arl. Fuck me! Mm. No more for me tonight. What's the time? <laughs> um, how did you feel going to see it like that yesterday? Well, I, I this was our second time going together. Yeah, yeah. No, I really, I loved it. I mean, it was it was hot, and we had things we had to deal with but I loved it and I really liked the um, well I liked all three of them actually I know I and can't it was very very Mom's different a Gregory Crudson fan I, well, I, I wasn't say... when, I, when I walked in I was like 
mm, do you know what? It's a bit overproduced. But actually, yeah. that's the whole... That's the point. That's the point of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. once I'd worked out that the point was, look how clever this is. Did you like the video? Did that change yeah, a lot Yeah, the video. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that was almost... You almost need that to then appreciate. I like the video because I don't think I've ever seen an instance of him sharing credit before. No. Because he showed a whole big team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not really Gregory Crudson. Mm. It's Gregory Crudson and company, mm. isn't it? Mm. Mm. It's not an individual. No, uh, yeah. I, I mean, agree. you know, the girl trailing the smoke bombs through the street. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was good. But it is phenomenal and... As Bernard said, the way the the subject matter is lit is like very Caravaggio. like Caravaggio. 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 Yeah. No, but, no, no. I agree. I agree completely. But yeah, that was really. But I did love the Di- Diane or Diane, as the other guy calls it. Well, that's because he's American. Diane but, Arbor but, stuff. But I thought that was good. I suppose if if we're talking about art, let's say pre photography or pre my interest in photography our shared interest in some art is probably also shared in our our interests in you know trying to save people that don't need saving and i get this from you which is you like the pre-raphaelites thus well, i like the yeah, pre-raphaelites yeah. but again that's because we both want to be the fucking lady of shallot well that's the other one um yeah that what's the other one? ophelia ophelia Philia yeah, Bulls. I, had, <laughs> I had that one above my bed at uni as well yeah and and um, Narcissus. I was going to say Narcissus, yeah. yeah. I love all of those. The Angel Gabriel, yeah. all that fucking... What's the guy's name? Oh, it begins with D. Rossetti. And D, the De Monte. No, De Monte is a type of apple, isn't it? There's another guy, yeah, but yeah, Rossetti. Rossetti, amazing. Yeah, a lot of people... That's almost like the anti-photography. Mm. Photography hates romanticism, I think. Well, current photography does, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. But like, you know, if we go back to that photograph, that old photograph of uh, your great-grandma's wedding, which is just stunning. I mean, it was a one shot and it had to be, that's the wedding shot and it had to be done perfectly. And it's still, however many years later, is perfect. perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to talk too much about certain things like this because there's another project that I have of uh, the woman who burnt the pictures... Oh, yeah. But I don't want to talk about no, that no. too much because I want to, well, we can talk about we can that at it, a later yeah, day. Um, is there anything you want to talk about? Is there something that you feel like we haven't covered? Well, I mean, again, you know, that's, the link is, it's bizarre, isn't it? Like we were talking about yesterday, you know, I used to commission commercial photographers. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, back in the day, you know, like the Gossard, one of the Gossard shots. Oh, was yeah, we haven't even talked. But one of them was 45 grand. We haven't even talked. Talking. Jesus, Laura. Oh, have another drink. We haven't even spoken about this sort of stuff. No, but I mean, that's what's, you know, that's how the life has changed. Mm. Do you want to talk about the Wonderbra stuff? No, not, not, well, not particularly. Well, why um, not? Well. Come on. Um. What, you're named after the client? Yeah, come on. Well, no, I mean, I suppose, you know, there's a lot of people who would disagree with this. Um, but, you know, people put too much uh, store by research because, you know, my um, experience of research is that people tend to have a tendency to say what, you know, that tendency to please. Yeah. So, you know, qualitative groups in particular, when you ask people, 
you know, what they do or how they feel about a particular product or service. You know, they tend to say, they don't say what they genuinely think, they say what they think you want them to hear. Yeah, 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 I agree. What you want them to hear. Um, and that was particularly true of those groups, but it was back in the day. So we're talking about, you know, 91, 92. And mm. um, we did these groups, Laura and I, and, you know, we were sitting there and we were saying, you know, what do you think about this, what do you think? And they were all like, well... I don't like advertising that makes women look like a piece of meat. And I don't like this. And I don't like that. And you end up, you know, you think, well, fine. How do you advertise? It's a bit like, you know, how do you advertise shower gel without showing somebody in a shower? How do you advertise lingerie without showing somebody in lingerie? Mm. But if women are saying, well, I don't want to look like a piece of meat. And then, so we went back to the house. We went back to uh, West Hampstead and we went to a wine bar on the way back. Was it number 54? <laughs> Whatever it is, yeah, on... Um, My teachers used to drink there from Benfield. On West End Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, and I just... I remember putting my glass down and going, it's absolute bollocks. I said, I wear decent laundry when I think I'm going to get lucky. Yeah. Um, I wear velociraptor pants. <laughs> Bunk me. <laughs> oh, God! Um, it's the tapping. And, um, yeah, and it's just... Then we... So we rewrote the brief. Well, I rewrote the brief. Um, and it so happened it coincided with Madonna wearing that Jean-Paul Gaultier bra oh, yeah. and there was a line in the Telegraph which was the first line of brief, the brief which was the flat chested 80s look is out, tits are back and it yeah. just went from there Yeah. Love and then that. you know I think tits are back well Linda Malicki's mother came up with the line about Linda was the planner and uh, she went home wearing because we had all these prototype wonder bras mm. And she went home to Middleton wearing hers. And her mother opened the door and went, Oh, Linda, you can say goodbye to your feet. <laughs> and that's where that came from. Oh! But everybody thinks the creative for It didn't. That's L- funny. It came from Linda's say goodbye to your feet. Say and then, goodbye um, to your feet. Hello, boys, was something your dad and I used to say. Because remember Pepe Le Pew? And yeah. he, had, he had a little girlfriend. Yeah. Who said, Hello, boys. Like, and that, you know, and all. But everybody... Plot twist. Yeah. But lots, there are lots of people and there's been lots written about, you know, the Wonder Bra phenomenon and who came up with it. And I've still got the brief in the loft. I know who wrote it. I know where the ideas came from. You're named after the client. And we know the truth. You God, know, I feel like we've just <laughs> closed the case. No, but it's, it's just... No, and yeah. it used to happen on all sorts of things. We did, um, I did groups on bleach. Yeah. And we'd have like eight ladies in the room. And you'd start with the first lady and you'd go, could you tell me, just as an opener, could you tell me what your um, toilet hygiene habits are? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I put bleach down once a week, uh, unless somebody's coming around. If somebody's coming around, I put bleach down, give it a little brush. and yeah. By the time you get to the eighth woman in the room... Mm. She's doing bleach every 20 minutes, you know, oh, because yeah. they all out, com- they all compete, compete. Yeah, and yeah. car groups are the same, car groups, ble- the, the competitiveness of having eight people in a room being asked about something. I'm, I'm actually destined to make this one shorter than the others, because you always say that my episodes are too long. But I think you should focus on the bits from my life that have made you, I think what people want to know is, they want to know your backstory. Yeah, but it, my origin, my villain origin story. Yeah, they want. They don't want to know what it is that's made you, what you are. Do you think they do? We'll have to check that quote about measured out my life in coffee spoons. Oh my god! I just got my my deadline reminder for the fantasy team. Oh, when is it? Two hours. Right, ring now the back and ask for if she's organised in quickie.
But it's it's five thirty. Yeah, let's go and ask her. She'll don't mind me. All right. Uh, sorry, you've walked away. I guess you're finished. Oh, sorry. Do I you want? Do you want to say goodbye? Do I need to do a promotion? Well, <laughs> might change a habit for a lifetime. No, what would you like to say? I'd okay. like to say that I'm, I've been proud of you since you were able to speak. Oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it was only a sign-off. No, Thank but I you. am proud of you. Since I've been able to speak. My proudest moment was where the one I talked about the other day when I was standing in front of your, um, your first degree exhibition and with the mayor of Bath. Bath. Yeah. And he was looking at that picture of the naked woman and With all the, the um, iconography. Yeah. And I just went, ah, my daughter did that. <laughs> and he said, she it's needs very to be committed. <laughs> no, he didn't. He said, yes, I like it very much. <laughs> of course he does. It's a pair of tits. Mm, but I didn't want to say, I didn't want to be, I wanted him to know. Yeah, without, but yeah. I hate it when people say stuff about people in front of me. I actually hate it. No, like you know, when oh, some... but you get it all the time. Like when we're show jumping and somebody's videoing my round, and I'll come and somebody will go, "Oh, she missed that," and you're like, "Fuck it!" Yeah, like, shut up! You've ruined that video. Fuck so then you have to put music over it to put it on social media. <sighs> oh my god, something by take that. Um, are you gonna sign off? You're on your phone scrolling. I thought we'd just done the sign off. But that, did you say goodbye? Goodbye. That's how you want to be remembered. No. Fucking hell. I don't know what to say. You say, uh, I say, thank you very much. Thank you very you... much, Laura. No, no, no. I say thank you very oh. much. Thank <laughs> you very much. I hope you enjoyed it. Will you come back for another episode? I would love to. Thank you, Laura. That was better. Okay. okay. Anything else to say? No. Can people find you on Instagram? No. They can? They can find me on Facebook. No. All right, they can find me on Instagram, and we'll post some pictures later. And what's on? What's your Instagram handle then? At Deb's King Twenty Twenty. Okay. Most people unfriend me though because it's just pictures of horses. Right. You can find us on Instagram at aka Photoslut, or you can email us at aka Photoslut at gmail dot com. Thank you very much. Thanks, Lamb. Jesus Christ, that was like pulling teeth. Right, bye bye.